I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Gabby. And I'm Rob. And this is Dark Origins Podcast, a podcast where I tell Rob about the inspirations behind all mediums of art, so movies, TV shows, etc. And sometimes we talk about times where life has imitated art. Yeah, so I don't know anything about this one. You haven't given me a heads up. You haven't said anything. So what are we doing? I, I am going to just start telling the story i'm I'm not going to tell you anything beforehand like i usually do because if any story should be shared on this podcast just based on like the premise of our podcast it's this one it's the true story behind the making of skittles i knew it taste the rainbow let's go (laughs) no also it's not okay no shit no um (laughs) i apologize if my voice sounds weird i'm really sick right now but yeah, yeah, but you're like some kind of trooper. Like I, I, you know, I sneeze once and I'm done for a week. You know what I mean? Like you do know what I mean? Yes. I, you know, I am a total baby. Yeah. Make me some tea. Please. I know. I know. Well, you know, this has to be done. You're a pro. You're tougher than me. It's true. All right. Here we go. All right. Mytho creation. Have you ever heard that word? No. Me neither. Until until I started reading this story. So, it's a word that describes a lie told so many times as fact that it has become the truth. Oh, sure. I've heard of the concept. The, The actual word is pretty obscure. You'll see that the perpetrator of this crime is the one who, like, coined quote-unquote the term so it's not you know widely used he's like such a narcissistic asshole that oh yeah just (laughs) wait the idea stems from the framework that the truth is nothing more than an illusion it's a word that you probably won't come across outside of this story out of all of the stories we've told on this podcast this one will be the hardest to determine where the true crime ends and where the art begins Ooh. The perpetrator of the crime is the one who coined the term, like I said, mythocreativity, right. at least to his small group of Polish philosopher friends. By the time you finish this episode, you will hopefully understand why the perpetrator had such a connection to the idea that the truth is only bound by your ability to make others believe it. Right. Okay. That's understandable. Um, not real, but understandable. His entire philosophy is that the truth there essentially that like there is no actual truth. He he doesn't believe that like, you know, most of us believe that there there are truths, there are facts, there are, you know, scientific truths, historical truths, all sorts of actual truths. Like, so this guy, like, if I punch a hole in the drywall right now, and then I convince you that I did not punch the hole in the drywall, this guy would say that I didn't punch the hole in the drywall? 
yeah, truth is merely an illusion. That is what he believes. All right. Yeah. So we have to start on a chilly day on December 10th, 2000, near the Oder River in rural Poland. Sounds like that stinks. (laughs) A group of fishermen had been fishing when they noticed something unusual floating near the shore. They weren't sure what it was at first, but they realized their worst fears were true when they got a closer look. It was the body of a man. They immediately called police who rushed to the scene and pulled the body out of the water. He had a noose wrapped around his neck that connected to the rope binding his hands behind his back. Mm. It put the victim in such a position that if he moved at all, he would tighten the noose and eventually cut off his supply of oxygen. So does that make sense? He had his hands bound behind his back with rope and then he had a noose around his neck that connected to the rope binding his hands. So if he moved his hands at all, it would tighten. tighten the rope. Yeah. That's not good. No, that is. Because your natural reaction is to try to escape. And then as you do that, it just gets worse. Yeah. He only had on a pair of underwear and a sweatshirt and his autopsy revealed that he had no food in his intestines, suggesting he had been starved for days. His body bore signs of torture and beating as well. Worst of all, his autopsy determined he had been dropped into the water with his hands bound to the noose around his neck alive. Mm. He died from the combination of asphyxiation from fighting for his life and from drowning as he dropped deeper into the depths of the river with no way to fight back. That is one of the most torturous ways I can think of to kill a person. To literally put them in a position where if they move at all, if they try to fight back, they are going to asphyxiate themselves and then throw them into a river alive in that position. Right. Where like you have to fight yeah. no matter what. Yeah. And, and you, I mean, you know, at that point when you're in the river that like, there's no way that you're going to yeah, you're not make it out it. of that. Yeah. It's pretty rough. It was evident he had been kidnapped, tortured for days and then killed in one of the most sadistic ways I've ever personally heard of. Police were able to identify the man quickly as they searched through records of missing men in the area. They found that the victim matched the description of Darius Januszewski, a small business owner from Rotswaf. I'm so sorry if I say his name or anyone's name incorrectly in this. I am really trying my best and tried to look it all up, but it's obviously harder to find the correct pronunciation of names than it is city names, so I'm doing my best and I hope that, you know were at least close i want to be as respectful as possible obviously maybe we should ask onyx he's gonna say it's that's ridiculous all right carry on he had been reported missing by his wife a month earlier after leaving work His mom, who worked as a bookkeeper at his advertising company, said that a man had called earlier that day and asked if they could make him three big signs, one as big as a billboard. His mom asked a few questions, to which the man replied he didn't want to talk to her about it, he wanted to talk to her son. She told him that her son wasn't in the office, and she gave the man his phone number. He quickly hung up, and that was the last she heard from him. When her son stopped into the office later that day, she asked if the customer had called him. Darius told her that they were planning to meet that afternoon. So, yes, the customer Mm -hmm. called him and now they've made plans to meet up that afternoon to talk about the signs that he needs made. Right. It's presumed that he was going to meet the customer when he left the office around 4 p.m. So he didn't he didn't tell anyone that before he left but based on what he told his mom that's what we think he was gonna do yeah it makes sense plus the guy's the boss he doesn't have to check in i'm assuming right yeah no no the only thing out of the ordinary was that darius's car was left in the parking lot he Hmm. normally drove to meet with his customers but it seemed that his customer had found a way to get darius to agree to ride in his car it seemed likely that the customer and perpetrator were connected or one and the same But figuring out his identity proved to be difficult. The case stalled as leads quickly dried up. Nobody who knew Darius could think of a reason why anyone would want to kill such a kind person. His business had been doing fine and he had no bad blood with anyone, so he didn't have any debts. 
He was known to be a really gentle and kind person. And, you know, outside of work, he liked to play his guitar. I think he was in a band. And it just didn't make sense to anyone. So no, like, gambling, no drugs, no none of that stuff that a lot of people get into. No. The, the only thing was that his wife of eight years had told investigators that their marriage had been on the rocks for a period of time, but that had passed and they were doing much better. So, okay. you know, that's normal. Like She didn't cheat on him. Not he that didn't I'm, cheat on her. So there's no indication that she cheated on him. And it is possible that he cheated on her. There was definitely, you know, some things that you'll find out later that he did that many people would consider cheating. Okay. I'm just trying to get to the bottom of it already. Like, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, did did he cheat on uh, her with some other guy's wife, right? Or did she cheat on him with some guy who's now jealous that wants to get rid of him now that they've patched things up, you know, or something along those lines? Yeah, yeah. No, I totally get why you're asking the question. Right on. So, yeah, like I said, they had reconciled and had been doing well since then. Okay. Three years later, so... Three years have gone by, no leads, nothing mm-hmm. going on with the case. Mm-hmm. A detective at the Rotswaf Police Department, Jacek Robluski, started looking into the cold case again. He started by looking over the case files again, knowing that there was probably something that was missed, something that he could kind of grab onto and look into that would help him, you know, find a lead. Right. And that's when he realized that Darius's cell phone had still not been located. Poland's investigative technology was still catching up to other developed countries, but he hoped that advancements may help him figure out what happened to the phone. He conferred with a telecommunications specialist, a relatively new position at the police department, to see if they could look into it. Darius's wife gave the detective the receipt for the cell phone, which contained its serial number, and they miraculously matched it to a cell phone that had been sold four days after Darius's disappearance on an internet auction site called Allegro. Hmm. So basically Allegro is like eBay, I think. Right on. Okay. The username of the seller was Chris B bracket seven bracket. Hmm. And investigators were able to trace the account back to a man named Christian Bala. Adds up. Chris B. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That makes sense. Should have been more creative. Yeah, I know, right? Looking into Bala, Robluski found that he was an intellectual who had recently published a book called Amok. Hmm. It's spelled A-M-O-K, and I'm assuming that it's pronounced Amok. Yeah, like run Amok. Yeah. Yeah. Before he became an author, Bala was a bright man who struggled to find success. He graduated high school at the top of his class before enrolling at the University of Rotswaf as a philosophy student, where his reputation as a brilliant young man continued. The philosophy of Ludwig Wittgenstein and Nietzsche resonated with him the most, and he seemed to find comfort in the idea that there are no truths, there are only manipulations and illusions, and Bala seemed kind of obsessed with taking this idea to its most radical endpoints. He wanted to push the boundaries of what is considered acceptable in modern society, and I think he wanted to do it in a way where he could keep it a secret, not only to avoid any consequences for his bad behavior, but because he thrived on believing he held the power to manipulate those around him and to craft his own truths. It gave him this sense of just like... Superiority? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, back to his past... He got married while he was still in college. His wife's name was Stasia, and they had a child pretty soon after getting married. Bala enrolled in a PhD program after graduating from undergrad, but he had to drop out pretty soon after because he wasn't able to support his family at the time. He started an industrial cleaning business, which is obviously not what he intended to do, and that was clear to everyone around him. He didn't really like it. He mismanaged his business and spent all of the money it made instead of reinvesting it, which led to him filing for bankruptcy less than three years after starting it. Oops. Yeah. His personal life was also falling apart. His wife separated from him after learning he was having an affair. 
and with no ties left to the land, he took off to travel to the U.S. and Asia, where he spent his time scuba diving and writing his book, Amok. Obviously, he still had his child, but I don't think he's the type of person who really feels that they need to be super involved with their child's life if they're not still with their mom. So Yeah, he seems a little, um, I guess how you'd say... Uh, Self-centered. Self-centered. Yeah. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Robluski, the detective, began reading Amok, hoping to find some clues in it. The book's protagonist is a man named Chris. Remember, his username is Chris B. So, uh, short for Christian, maybe. Who shares many similarities with Bala. In fact, many parts of the book feel more like a practice in journaling than they do a creative endeavor. It feels like Bala uses the protagonist to dissect his own personality while also making Chris everything he wanted to be but knew he wasn't. Mm. He used Chris as a vessel to communicate his feelings and act out his fantasies without actually having to take ownership of any of it. Trust me, I love books with dark subject matter and I think it's important that we make space for literature that tests boundaries and asks hard questions. For sure. But Bella's book is so obviously about himself and his ego-driven need to manipulate and control others that I just had to point it out. Yeah, it's cringy. Yeah. It's also meant to shock. There's lots of sex, philosophical pondering, and of course, a murder. And this is, you know, in Poland where values are very traditional and conservative. When was this? This was in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. So, you know, the Catholic Church still has a lot of influence. And this is, I think his book would be radical in the U.S. at the time too, maybe even now. But it was very radical in Poland at the time. Okay. Okay. In the book, the murder occurs when Chris kills his girlfriend, Mary. Of course, there's a huge difference between the real-life murder and the fictional murder. The victim in the real-life murder was a man, not a woman, and certainly not a partner of Bala's. But Detective Robluski noticed that Bala described tying Mary's hands up behind her back and connecting them to a noose, very similar to the way that actually exactly how sounds so familiar. How Darius's hands and neck was tied up. Although Chris ended up stabbing Mary while she was in that position, not drowning her. It was still an obscure way to tie someone up, so it seemed worth noting that he put that in there. That's not something that most people would think of. Yeah, it sounds like he only had one idea of how to kill somebody. Well, I mean... Minus, you know, the stabbing and the drowning, I mean... Yeah, just this, this... Tying someone up that way seemed to be important to him, probably because it puts him in a position of like playing God. Ultimate control. Yeah. Yeah. In the fictional murder, Chris sold the knife he used to stab Mary on an internet auction site or on the same internet auction site, which was exactly what was done to Darius's cell phone, obviously. And this was a detail that was never released to the press. So there's no way that... Bala could have picked that detail up from reading, you know, newspaper articles about Darius's murder. Okay. Other parts of the book unrelated to the murder were also inspired by Bala's life. In the book, Chris is drinking with a friend when they have the clever idea to steal a statue of St. Anthony from a local church. They end up getting caught and are threatened with jail time. When Detective Robluski looked into Bala's criminal record, he found a police report that detailed the incident almost verbatim. So the that part of the book is literally exactly what happened in real life. It was clear that Bala created a narrative by pulling from his own life, but that wasn't evidence that could be used in court. So Robluski remained laser focused on finding sufficient proof that Bala was guilty of Darius's murder. Kind of like one of those, like, well, I know you did it, but I have to prove it. Yes. Like, you writing this down in a book doesn't prove it, but. Yeah, and he did get some pushback from colleagues saying, like, I I think that you might have tunnel vision too much. I think that. 
confirmation bias sort of yeah and you might be allowing this book to sway your opinion on the case so they actually brought in like a psychological profiler type person and had them read through the book and Mm. you know she basically came to the same conclusion that i think all of us would which is that yes you can gain maybe gain some insight into the thought processes of a person by reading a book that they've written but the stuff that they put in the book is just that it's just it's it's a fictional book so without any corroborating evidence you can't say that any of it is true or not right so Bala was still out of the country at this point making it virtually impossible for police to find him They knew he came back periodically to visit his family, so their plan was to investigate him from afar so they wouldn't tip him off. They didn't want to question any of his close friends or family until he landed on Polish soil again. They were afraid that if he found out that they were looking into him, he might never come back to Poland and they would never find him. Right, right. In the meantime, they built a profile of him and they compared it to the character he had created in Amok. Obviously, they couldn't use the contents of the book as evidence of the crime, but detectives hoped that they may find some clues within the pages. The Polish version of America's Most Wanted, it's called 997 because that's their emergency phone number, ran an episode on the murder of Darius. Unfortunately, it didn't bring in many leads, but investigators did take note of the locations from which tips came. Most came from Poland, obviously but others came from Japan, South Korea, and the United States, all places Bala had traveled to. And Hmm. later on, they will look up the date that these tips came in, and And they all align with the date that Bala was in those countries. (laughs) He's calling tips on himself? Yeah. What an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) Finally, police heard that Bala would be coming home to see his family. They arrested him near a drugstore in Poland and took him to police headquarters where they began to interrogate him. Before I tell you about the interrogation, I have to tell you that Bala claims that his arrest did not occur the way that police claim it did, which is that they picked him up outside the drugstore and took him to the police department. Instead, Bala says that he was leaving the drugstore when he was attacked by three men. They choked him while handcuffing him and threw him into their car before forcing a black plastic bag over his head and Mm. making him lay face down on the floor of the vehicle. They yelled at him while they drove, hurling insults his way and ignoring his pleas for help. He claims that one of the men made a phone call to their boss asking what they should do and if they would get the money today as (laughs) if they're, like, kidnapping him, you know, (laughs) for money or something. Guy's creative at times. Yeah. They stopped in the middle of a wooded area and pushed him out of the car while they intimated that they were going to dig a hole and bury him in it. Then they pulled him back into the car, drove a little further before stopping again, and then shoved him out of the car and into police headquarters. Bala says he didn't realize he was in police custody until this point, and he thought he was going to be robbed and killed. So, Mm. police... Then they should just let him go. I mean, geez, with that testimony... (laughs) (laughs) police obviously completely disagree with his claims they say they followed procedure picked him up and brought him in for questioning without any violence or misconduct normally i would want to hear more from both sides before believing one over the other if i you know heard that that. someone said this is how they were arrested i would want to look into it more and hear and see evidence you know sure but we're talking about a man, the man, who coined the phrase mytho-creativity because he practiced it so often. So Yeah, and not just that. Um, it's a pretty aggressive um, exaggeration of, of the truth. Yeah. I mean, like if, if you know, uh, the guy who shot John Lennon, for instance, okay? I think his name was Mark Chapman. I, I can't remember for sure. But uh, he somehow tripped and fell down the stairs after he was arrested uh you know maybe that didn't go down that way yeah right you know that that kind of thing i can understand 
uh, that maybe the police overstepped their bounds, right? Which um, is not okay. That's never not okay. okay at all. No. But I can understand how humans do things that they're not supposed to do, and they should be held accountable for those actions. Absolutely. Right? Like, I, I don't excuse it. Yeah. I understand it. It's some In some cases, I understand it. Um, but it doesn't excuse it right. at all, ever. Right. Um, and most of the times that those things happen, I'm using a case where you know, maybe people understand it more than others, uh, but it's never acceptable, right? Yeah. Most yeah. of the time that these things happen, it's completely and totally not understandable. Yeah. Not acceptable. Um, and those people need to be imprisoned and held accountable for lengthy periods of time. I think it's very, 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 very rare in which someone is kidnapped on the street, put a bag over their head and tossed into a van. Yeah. You know, and this whole like, you know, like they're being kidnapped in the movie Heat or something. Yeah. You know, like, come on, this is something this guy saw on a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. I don't imagine that it would be hard for him to quickly and easily craft a narrative that he thought might benefit him or gain sympathy from unsuspecting members of the community. Right. That's, you know, he did, he made up lies for no reason. Like he just, cause he just enjoyed doing it. So yeah, when mean, it comes to making up a lie to try to get yourself out of jail, I imagine that he would do that. And it, a forever, bro. Yeah. Yeah. There's You're staying in jail, but you know, a very nice dramatic try. story. Nice try, dude. Nice try. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, back to the interrogation. So, Robluski asked Bala if he knew Darius, to which he replied no. He said he didn't know him. He'd never met him, had never seen him. He pressed him about his book, which didn't help much either. Bala admitted that he drew inspiration from some real events that happened in his life, but that's not that unusual. Most authors, to some degree, Mm -hmm. draw inspiration from their life. Absolutely. Like I mentioned earlier, it seemed nearly impossible, though, that some of the similarities between the real crime and the fictional crime were merely coincidences because yeah, come on. it wasn't put into the press. And that just seems it just seems unlikely. But mm-hmm. that has low evidentiary value in a court of law. So you can't really you can't prosecute someone because they wrote a book that contains details of a real crime in it without having any corroborating evidence. So, Detective Robluski asked Bala how he came into possession of Darius's phone. Bala said he couldn't remember. It had been five years ago at this point, but he guessed he must have purchased it at a pawn shop. Sensing he wasn't going to truthfully answer any of his questions, Detective Robluski asked if he would be willing to take a polygraph, and he agreed. Obviously, we all know at this point that polygraphs aren't a great measure of truthfulness. They are all too often wrong, and some people can manipulate them by changing their physiological responses during the control questions or during the real questions. So they just don't work that well. Yeah, if you're a pathological liar or, or, you know, have a perception of the truth where it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Then it's probably not that easy or probably not that hard to to manipulate it and that is exactly what the examiner suspected Bala did it was clear that he was focused on slowing his breathing during certain questions 
and the test ended up coming back inconclusive. So mm-hmm. it was very anticlimactic. They hadn't learned any new information and they were running out of time because Poland has a 48-hour limit on detaining citizens. After 48 hours, the prosecutor has to either present their evidence to a judge in order to charge the detainee or they must let them go. In order to at least keep him in the country, they charged him with selling stolen property, Darius's phone, as well as bribing someone in a business matter that was unrelated to the case. I guess they uncovered the bribe bribery while they were investigating him and no one has really expanded on that, so I'm okay. not sure what it is. But yeah. Unrelated crime. Yeah. The punishment was incredibly light, but he was forced to relinquish his passport. So that was that was great. That's what they wanted. Yeah. Now, investigators were free to question his close family and friends because he was aware of the investigation and stuck in the country. Many citizens took Bala's side at first. He claimed he was being persecuted because he wrote a book that examined taboo subjects and criticized the Catholic Church. Obviously, citizens won't react well to that sort of accusation. Most people believe in the right to free speech, and many of them had probably grown tired of the influence the church had over Poland at the time, even if they wouldn't say that themselves. Right. So they're going to take up for someone who they believe is doing that and is being persecuted because of it. Even human rights organizations reached out to help him. Bala also reported the police for kidnapping him. But the investigation, they they did an internal investigation about it, and they determined that his accusations were baseless. That's not a surprise. Behind the scenes, investigators were working hard interviewing his inner circle. Opinions about Bala varied. And I mean opinions from his friends and family varied. Mm -hmm. Some found him to be a kind, intelligent man, while others noticed him becoming more and more unhinged. A babysitter for the family told officers that Bala was drinking and fighting with his wife quite a bit. He would accuse her of sleeping with other men when in reality he was the one who was cheating. His paranoia would get the best of him in public as well and he would end up embarrassing his wife by threatening men he thought looked at her too long or in a flirtatious way. And at one point he had an outburst in public and he said something along the lines of like, I'll take care of him like I've done it before. Mm. So and people heard that. It's not good. No. <laughs> the last line of his book includes the statement, quote, this was the one killed by blind jealousy, unquote. I'm not quite sure how Bala wanted his readers to interpret that, but it seemed like probing his family members allowed investigators a better understanding of it. Okay. It became clear that he was overcome with jealous rage and that most of the problems in the marriage stemmed from that, from his anger and his jealousy and his paranoia and also his own cheating. But, you know, police long suspected that jealousy might have been a motive, but they didn't have the evidence to confirm it until they finally talked to Stasia, Bala's ex-wife. At first, she wasn't very cooperative it's unclear if it's because she was afraid of Bala, which is very possible, sure, or wh- why. But detectives gave her his book to read through because she hadn't read through it, right? And she was so disturbed by the similarities between her and the wife in the story that she was like, "Okay, I'll talk to you guys because yeah, let's talk. This is you know really scaring me." So she told detectives that she had met Darius in a bar one night. So here we go. Now we know that she knew him mm-hmm. and this is how Bala is connected to him. Yeah. They hit it off right away and spent the rest of the night talking to one another. Before departing, they exchanged phone numbers. Soon after, they met up for another date and they rented a motel room this time. But Stasia said that she left before anything actually happened. Darius apparently told her, he hadn't told her before that he was married, but once they got into the motel room, he did. Mm. And Stasia was not okay with that. She said, quote, since I know what it's like to be a wife whose husband betrays her, I didn't want to do that to another woman, unquote. Okay. 
So she leaves. But Stasia didn't realize that Bala had hired a private investigator to trail her. So Bala knew about this. And he doesn't know that nothing went down, most likely. Right. All he sees is that his wife went on a date with this man. They rented a motel room. She went into the motel room with him. They were probably in there for a while, you know, just talking. And then she comes back out. So Right. And that's enough. I mean, that's betrayal enough. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, their marriage was basically over at this point. Poor Stasia is just trapped because she's probably afraid. I'm not... I'm not saying that this is necessarily okay. I'm just saying I can totally understand how it happened. And relationships are complicated. Yes. Yes, exactly. So Bala doesn't say anything to her about it for several weeks. And then one day he shows up drunk. He breaks the door down. He hits her and he just goes ballistic and starts yelling at her about it. He, I hate him. I know. <laughs> he told her that he knew what motel they visited, what room they went into, and he said he knew what the inside of Darius's office looked like. So she Ooh. knew that he was telling the truth, that he really, this wasn't just another baseless accusation on his part because of his paranoia. He, he knew. She knows that he knew for sure. So from our perspective... It seems like Stasia would have put two and two together as soon as she heard the news of Darius's murder. You right, know, like, right. You'd th- uh, you would think so. Yeah. But she said that she asked Bala if he was involved and he said no and she just believed him. I understand how it would be hard to objectively judge such an extreme situation when a person you love dearly is the perpetrator. She probably didn't think that he was capable of doing something that horrific and didn't want to believe it. She was probably in denial. I agree with the last part. She didn't want to believe it. She didn't want to face it. Yeah. And she was afraid. Yeah. And don't forget that she does have, you know, a child with him. So. I understand that she was afraid. Yes. I I, I get what you're saying. Like. But for her to say that I didn't think so. I find that hard to believe. Yeah, I know. I know. I 100% get what what you're saying. But also, like, don't forget her husband is the type of person who literally lies about everything for no reason. Yeah. For for some reason, he lies, you know, to benefit from it. He lies just because it makes him feel powerful. I don't know. I, I don't want to, I don't mean to put blame on her. I'm just, you know. I know it can be frustrating when cases like this happen and it seems like the people around the perpetrator either should have known or we think that they knew and they don't say anything. Like I, I 100% that's frustrating for me too, but we also don't understand the dynamic of their relationship and we don't know how terrified she was of him like what if she goes to police and tips them off and then he finds out that she tipped them off what could he do to her if they what if they don't investigate it or they just blow her off and now he's out here he's free and he knows that his wife yeah you know so there's a lot of things to consider and she again has a kid with him so if she dies her kid would probably have to be raised by him. Yeah, and there's also that thing here, at least in America, where, you know, if if we're married, you are you cannot be compelled to testify against me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how it is in Poland and yeah, but So there's that whole thing too. Yeah. I don't know. I, my emotions get away with me when I hear things sometimes. No, I get what you're saying though. Thankfully, investigators were able to gather more evidence when they traced those phone calls to Darius's advertising business back. So remember how he got a call first to his mom and then she gave the caller his phone number. That's who... His poor mother. I know. She's got to carry that. I know. I mean, she didn't do anything wrong, but she's still going to carry it. Not at all. But yeah, I know. I feel awful for her. So they were able to trace them back and they found out that the calls were placed from a payphone that required a calling card. 
The calling card had a number on it. Obviously, that was used to register it with the phone company. Right. And using that number, detectives were able to collect data on every phone call that was ever made using that card. So when they got the numbers, they went through and looked at them and they found that the numbers belonged to Bala's parents, his girlfriend, his friends, a business associate. So it was very clear that the calling card belonged to Bala. Yeah, yeah. Which then makes it very clear that Bala is the one who called Darius's advertising business. He's so dumb. Also, selling the cell phone on a... Like, what a cheap bastard. Just throw it in the river, dude. Like, what are you doing? That was such a, like, that's a huge mistake to make. But anyways, I'm glad he made it. Investigators, after seizing all of his stuff, were also able to find computer files full of information about Darius, as well as a pen from his advertising firm, making it very apparent that he had gone into his firm, which is obviously why he knew what it looked like and could tell that to Stasia. And took a pen for a souvenir. Uh, Yeah, it seems like it. With better evidence, authorities felt comfortable arresting Bala and charging him with the murder of Darius. He was ultimately found guilty, but then the court annulled the verdict, what? meaning a new trial would be required. In the meantime, they kept Bala in jail, which was probably best for everyone because police uncovered some concerning evidence that Bala was planning to commit another crime. He had been gathering notes on Stasia's new love interest named Harry. Mm. So he has all of these files about Harry things about his life, how old he is, where he works, where he lives. And then he even went as far as to join the same internet chat room that Harry would frequent. And he tries to reach out to him via the chat room by posting, sorry to bother you, but I'm looking for Harry. Does anyone know him from Hoinov? Is that how you say that? I don't know. That's what the pronunciation guy said, but... And Chaj now is what it looks like to me. So it's C-H-O-J-N-O-W. Wow, that's okay. So thank God he they kept him locked up and they didn't allow him to leave prison in the middle, you know, while they were right. prepping for a new trial because he's already found a new target. And I would not be surprised at all if he took his chance to, if he took that that small window of freedom that he had to murder him. Sure. So that was definitely a a good Good move decision. on the justice system, yeah. system in, in Poland. Yeah. The reason that they annulled the verdict is because they said that there were just some gaps in the timeline. They... They weren't, they believed that he did, he was involved with killing mm-hmm. Darius, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. some of the problems were, A, a lot of people didn't believe that Bala alone could kill him, just okay. based on the size differences, especially to kidnap him for days and torture him. So a lot of people were like, there have, there has to be other people involved. And then... The other thing was that it wasn't the medical examiner's findings were a little confusing because of how they said that it was either strangulation or drowning. I guess that caused some problems with the with the verdict. So that's why they annulled it. Well, it was both. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not quite sure why they had such a problem with the medical examiner examiner's testimony but i guess it was kind of confusing what he said in court it just i mean maybe the jurors were just being very thorough as they should be also in poland you don't have a jury of like 12 of your peers Mm -hmm. instead you have the presiding judge another judge and then three citizens that's the jury so that is who determines whether or not you're guilty or innocent so so the first the first trial they believed he was guilty and then you know they had some issues some gaps that they felt the prosecution just didn't fill fill for them 
or well, fill for the judges who annulled it. So then they did the second trial. And although you can't find a ton of information on it, it does look like he was again sentenced to 25 years. So he continued to serve his 25 year sentence and he is apparently working on another book in prison. I would advise everyone not to buy it. But a a lot of people thought that that second book was going to be based on killing his new target, Harry. So they thought that he was planning to kill Harry as a way to get more content for his book, draw inspiration from the murder for his book. So, I mean, he's truly unhinged and sounds like it. I, I think that it is seems pretty clear that he is guilty, but I also think it's just a really interesting look at the ways in which art and life interact. Like, I think, you know, art is oftentimes a way in which the world kind of communicates with each other, like, Mm. if that makes sense. Sure. And when things happen, especially when terrible things happen, a lot of people cope with it by pouring those feelings into some type of creative endeavor. And then that creates a dialogue for the rest of the world to talk about. Right. So that's why... You know, that's why I wanted to start this podcast in the first place, because I think it's very, you know, interesting. But this case, it's really hard, like I said in the beginning, to untangle where the where life stops and where art begins. Right. Like what's real, what's not. And this dude's just total whack job. Yeah. And really arrogant and stupid. That's the thing. He is so, yes, he's so, so self-centered, has such a huge ego. and Smartest guy in the room. No, they'll never figure this out. Like, Yeah, yeah. Clearly thinks that he is so smart that he can manipulate everyone around him using his, you know, little, his mytho-creativity. Dumbass. Also, dude, mytho-creativity literally just means to lie like right. you made up this I'm, I'm a creative liar yeah like they threw me into the back of a van i promise <laughs> shut up so yeah that is the story for this week i'm sorry my brain is not working because i'm sick but i also wanted to let everyone know that there is actually a movie that is based on a muck well, it's based on the case, but I guess it is, yes, also kind of based on a muck. It's hard to it's say like which one's an, based on. an inception type thing. Ooh. Like you have, like, a muck is like the art within the art. The art. And then the the art of the movie is also based on a muck because a muck is just a, cre- a, a yeah. narrative created by the murder that is super similar to the actual murder all yeah of i feel that. like charlie from it's always sunny like stayed in there with all the red lines around the map yeah yeah it's uh it's definitely a web quite the web ton tangle but i i think that there are other like uh international movies that were made based on this as well but the american movie based on it is called dark crimes and it actually looks like it is a pretty good movie. It stars Jim Carrey. Really? Yeah. He plays the detective. Huh. Yeah. So I'll check it out. Yeah. I wanna I wanna watch that. Obviously, I didn't focus on that so much as the actual book written the book, by the right. murderer because that is way takes precedence. More interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um but this does look like a really good movie, so I would definitely yeah, let's that check up it if, out if you guys want to watch it. Again, it's called Dark Crimes. And don't forget that we did start a TikTok. I've only posted one video. We don't have many followers at all. But if you ever use TikTok and you you know wanna I'm I'm gonna make you know little TikToks about our episodes and about other things, you know, things that don't really have they're not we don't know enough in order to make a whole episode about it or things that I think are 
important, you know, maybe unsolved cases that more people should know about, stuff like that. I'll definitely be posting that on there and on the Instagram as well. I just haven't used Instagram in so long that I kind of forgot how to use it well. So yeah. And don't forget if you have any case suggestions or anything else that you want to talk about, you can send it to darkoriginspod at gmail.com. Darkoriginspod at gmail.com. Okay. All right. (laughs) And thank you all so, so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. If you have any time um, to rate and review, that would be amazing. I appreciate it so much. Everyone who's done it, I see it and it is so helpful and I just appreciate all of you guys. So thank you so, so much. I love you all and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.